The work environment has shifted drastically over the past couple of years and we're all trying to figure it out. Are you currently unhappy where you're at or kind of want to grow in a new direction? Well, today Andrew and I are talking about the power of the young professional. We talk about the fine line between arrogance and self-confidence, how to remain humble, but also seem like an expert in your field and everything in between. Today's episode is very important if you are stuck or feeling lost in your career or even if you're happy in your career. We talk about our own experiences and try to help you as you navigate this world of professionalism. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is Andrew, who is an architect, and we are going to be talking about the power of young professionalism because I think a lot of us who just got out of school or maybe have been out for a few years are still trying to test the waters and figure it all out. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Andrew, and for actually coming up with this topic. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I, I saw your little poll on on things that would interest people. And that was the first thing that came to mind, um, both speaking as young professionals, you and myself, um, talking about how we, we breach into the workforce and, uh, you know, have, have our skill sets be um, recognized and utilized in the proper way that's also rewarding to us. A lot of my audience is about around our age, so I think it can connect to a lot of them. And something so people can get, just get a sense of you is what defines your lifestyle, do you think? I guess creativity. Um, so I've always been artistic. Um, I write and play music. I obviously went into architecture. Um, so basically anything to do with the arts. Uh, I used to want to be a writer. So anything sort of creative has kind of driven me in my career and my personal life. Uh, so creativity is number one. Nice. I love that. And in general, can you just give us your background as much as you want to and kind of where did you go to school? Why did you choose architecture? So I started in uh, UMaine Orono as a physics major um, because one of my passions in high school was physics. And I was actually interested in architecture before that. Um, and the career advisors, they have you do a little exercise where you kind of like plan out the future of your career and like over five, 10, 20 years, your, your payback of that and how much you would work, uh, make over the lifetime. And it was determined that architecture was not necessarily a profitable field, um, <laughs> much to everyone's surprise. So they suggested I look for another passion or something that, that might be a better career, um, just financially um, and, and schooling and stuff. Um, so yeah, so I went to Orno for a year uh, as a physics major with a minor in astrology, and that did not go so well. Um, as, as much as physics was a passion of mine, it wasn't necessarily an academic passion of mine. It was more like things that interested me about space and, and like theoretical stuff and, and things like that that you can just kind of watch a little YouTube video about and ponder the universe. Um, but in practice, I did not enjoy it so much. So I actually didn't go back um, and I took a year off and so the University of Maine in Augusta has an architecture program, which I had known about, but it wasn't a complete five-year program when I knew about it. Um, so an architecture degree would be five years for a bachelor's. And at the time that I knew about it, it was, I think, two. And so that was another one of the reasons that the architecture wasn't the field that they pushed me towards because I would have to go to Boston, uh, Wentworth, um, something like that. 
a couple years down the road, they had a full five-year program and I met with the program coordinator and he brought me on as the 15th student in a class of 15. So I was the last spot. It just kind of all worked out. Nice. Um, so I spent five years there, loved it. It's a very challenging and grueling program. Just a lot of things that you wouldn't expect because, you know, what architecture I feel like to the layman is painted in such a picture that it's like, glamorous and drawing and like kind of artistic and fun um things like that there is a lot more behind the curtain um but yeah i loved every second of it and uh, where i work now paul designs projects um he took me on in my my thesis year of the architecture program so i started working during my thesis and graduated and he offered me full time and that was almost two years ago now so nice. uh yeah that's what brought me up to this point that's awesome thanks for sharing and how did you find paul or did paul find you <laughs> uh paul was one of the critics in one of my design reviews nice. in my third year then two years down the road a, a colleague of mine in school had been working for paul kind of on the side sort of thing um, paul had just started his own company and just needed a little bit of help and then as paul grew that colleague of mine uh wasn't able to offer him more time because it was just kind of like in the evenings moonlighting kind of thing um, and so he offered it up to the class and i had recognized his name and said oh i'd like to talk to him about that and i met paul and he hired me on the spot That's yeah we great. started in a little like teeny tiny office uh, we like sat like three feet away from each other and then i mean you've seen our office now it's much larger we've grown quite a bit uh, we have five employees yeah wow um, from just the two of us in two short years so. That's great. That's amazing. And if you don't know Paul, he actually did a podcast with me. I'll list it below so you can listen to his story too. He's a great mentor um, yes, as well. So the fact sure. that he was able to take me on out of school and trust me with the amount of responsibility that was required of me, um, but then also to teach me along the way has been really fantastic for my career development. Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like I have a similar story with Amy. I started about two years ago as an intern too. And I just feel like she's been such a good mentor for me and it really has opened my world a lot. So shout out to our bosses, which we love. When it comes to kind of like being a young professional, you were talking about self-confidence over personal growth is kind of like what we're talking about. And it's a hard line to walk between being too confident and, and then having like actual confidence. So how would you kind of describe that? Yeah, so I think I'm in a unique situation, which I'm sure you are too, where you're so close with your boss that you can walk that line a little more comfortably. Yes. Um, definitely not breaking into uh, uh, the industry and like not feeling comfortable asking things um, or, or not feeling comfortable speaking up or I mean, I was I was in other firms before when I was in school and there was definitely a culture that was much different, um, that it was a little bit scary as somebody who didn't know what they were doing all the time to speak up and, right. and try and learn. Here in the office now, sort of the communication between Paul and I is definitely a lot more casual, um, definitely more approachable as, as we are good friends, just as well as we are coworkers. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that like the biggest thing in, in confidence, so at least starting to grow it, would be learning to say no in the right situations, right? Like somebody asks you, do you understand this? And like, you know, a lot of people who, who just don't want to be like 
seen as weak or like they're doing something wrong, whatever, they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, I can, you know, I, I know what to do. I know what that means. Um, and, and it could be something simple and maybe you do, but if you say no, or if you're able to, to ask like, how would you do it? You know, mm -hmm. then you have a chance to learn. Um, and I think that that, and that also shows you as somebody who's willing to learn. I think that there's like a big connotation about like not knowing what to do versus like a lot of people I've found are actually want people that will learn. Um, and so I think breaking down that barrier of like uh, of fear around asking questions, asking for help is definitely step one. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And because like we were saying, it's kind of like when you graduate school, you feel like you're on top of the world, you know everything, and then maybe you get thrown into a career and you're like, wait, I actually don't know anything at all. Um, and I was lucky, you were lucky to have an experience during college at different firms um, to kind of get your feet wet and understand the industry a little bit, but some people don't have that at all. So it's, I feel like even maybe more intimidating to go into a big company or any type of office and even you know speak up or try to ask any type of question. What do you think people can do if they're kind of in that position yeah that's that's a good question um i definitely didn't have that answer at a, at a previous firm um i was definitely like it was such a, a quiet professional environment that it felt like breaking that silence was so like uh, taboo you just couldn't speak up and obviously they want you to speak up because you need to get the work done right right um but it, just, it felt like you shouldn't. Um, and so that was a really difficult experience. I would say I just overcoming that, like if you latch on to a person that you're really comfortable with. So if there's like one person in the office who, you know, always says hi to you or like, you know, offers you coffee or something when you come in the morning, like the most friendly person is, is going to be the one who you feel the most comfortable with. And I think that's definitely a start. Um, and as you grow that relationship, I, I have found that other relationships around that start to foster as well. And, and that, would I, I imagine would make people a lot comfortable, more comfortable in their environment, um, asking for help, asking questions, or even just becoming friends with people yeah. and learning other things about life and other things about them. And yeah. might discover something about yourself along the way. Yeah, no, um, for sure. And it's funny you said you're you know, your past experience was a little quiet and it was hard to break that silence because it's funny being a rep going into hundreds of firms every year you definitely get a vibe. Some firms you walk in and it's like dead silent and the lights are dark and it's just like no one lifts their head. Other firms you go in and people are talking, drinking, they're eating, they're dancing up and down. Not really, but there's just a stark difference between environments and it's funny to see that because then you can really help people decide like oh what type of place are you looking for so i think in a sense people say like finding a job is almost like dating because you kind of have to get to know the person or the firm and kind of like see if it's the right fit for you you obviously were lucky and found the right fit for you pretty soon on but a lot of people don't and i feel like it comes down to that when you're a young professional like i just had a great dinner with three of my college roommates and they're already on their second job but they found that their first job they learned a lot but wanted to try a different experience and be treated differently and things like that so i think it's okay in a sense to trial and error just like dating you just kind of have to test the waters first yeah absolutely i think knowing the type of person that you are knowing how you work and knowing the affirmation that you require you know just different levels of, right. of social 
um, and academic and, and professional feedback that you get, you know, um, definitely dictates the environment that you want to be in. Like I, some of those really quiet firms, I do know people who would just go in yeah, for eight hours, never talk to anybody yeah. and then go home. So that is for some people, but uh, I guess not us, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Like, Paul's hilarious. Amy's hilarious. Like, I feel like it's a very entertaining job sometimes too. So it's fun. But everyone is so different. Like some people just want to go into the office, like you said, and just turn it off at five o'clock and just go home. And that's totally, totally fine for sure. But I feel like a lot of young people, after doing a lot of research and talking to a lot of people in our industry, I feel like a lot of young people do want that social connection. We're missing that because over COVID, we were in school or over COVID, we had a fully remote job and we're missing that social aspect of the work environment and people want to feel like they're adding to a community or adding to a social responsibility and people want to feel like a part of the whole in a sense at least young people that's kind of the consensus that I'm feeling um and it's a little bit different than the the strict nine to five like everyone has a cubicle type environment we all kind of want to be connected which is so interesting but I also think for people who are listening who are young it's good to note that I feel like we have a lot more power than we think we do. We obviously don't want to go in there and act like the owner of the firm the first day, but I feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit. Do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's super intimidating. I, I feel like, I mean, especially in our industry, I don't know if you've seen this, but it feels like there's a huge age gap between there's yeah. like, you've got like people up to their thirties and then like no one and then fifties <laughs> on. Yeah. So there's like, 10, 15 years of sort of generational gap, it seems, um, that makes it even harder to connect you know, with people on a social level. Um, but I, I do think that the social aspect of it is certainly very important. Um, all of the jobs that I've had that I've really liked, getting that social feedback as well as, as the professional feedback is just as important. And I think that that's Another thing that keeps me so happy here is that, you know, I, I have a, a cordial relationship with my boss, my coworkers. Mm -hmm. We're all fun and funny. We joke cool. around, you know, we, we, it's a very nice office environment that also provides um, a lot of affirmation, but also a lot of mentorship and we get stuff done. So yeah, um, it is very important. And I think too, to that point, I worked at a couple larger firms before I found Amy or Amy found me and like every person's different, but sometimes I do vouch for like the smaller firms and the smaller places because you can just get sometimes a little bit more out of it, depending on who you are as a person, as we said, and it's kind of intriguing in a sense to the right person whereas other people work really well in a large firm so again it comes down to the personality thing and as young people we're still trying to figure out ourselves in our lives so it's confusing a book that i read is called the 48 laws of power and when we are talking about kind of being young professional and having that confidence i feel like that book really helped me and kind of affirmed a number of things like silence is power and kind of like paddle like a duck underneath the water, like remain chill, but like underneath work really hard, things like that. But I highly recommend that book. My friend slash client, Jen Fan, who was on the show as well, recommended that book to me and I, was, I got it. I was like, oh, wow, this is a game changer. So as a young professional, it definitely helped me in a sense to figure out what my power was. In your experience at different places, what was something that was really challenging for you that you had to overcome as a young professional? 
the thing that was challenging in, in the firm that I mentioned, you know, where things are kind of like silent and just kind of workforce, um, the most challenging thing was that affirmation aspect. Like I'm a person that, you know, needs to be told that I did something right or like, like you did a good job or whatever. This is what we've been looking for, kind of stuff like that. Um, just small things that make me feel like I, the work that I've done is appreciated. Mm. Um, and that's just, you know, a personality trait for me. It might not yeah. be for everybody else, but so not getting that made me work less hard. I, it's yeah. just like, it, it felt like what I was doing wasn't being noticed or wasn't like even being used in some instances. And so it was like, why am I doing it? Why am I here? you have to think about your own personality and what makes you happy kind of even though that's cheesy yeah. but it kind of does help when you're looking for a job that would be a good fit for you and luckily in this market it is good because we kind of have the power as employees as of right now so we're able to kind of test the waters in many different ways and have a lot of interviews if you are looking for a position. So in general, how do you come off as knowledgeable and competent without seeming like an expert in the field or too cocky? I don't know if I always do that correctly, but I think having an understanding of what you've done certainly helps. And there are definitely times where I go to the field, I mean, drawing something up, you know, on the computer and then walking out on site and seeing how they put it together is so much different. And I wasn't really expecting that. Yeah. Uh, so when I go to job sites and luckily some of the builders that we work with, you know, they know that I'm relatively new to the field learning and stuff. So I'm fine asking questions um, like, you know, is, is this a normal detail or is this how you would normally do it? You know, what would you suggest? Yep. Um, so I, but I think that that also, I mean, it builds relationship with, with myself and the builder. Um, it helps me learn. It helps them get the information they're looking for. It, it's a win all around. Um, it might take a little bit longer to get there. Um, but I think as far as sounding knowledgeable, being able to uh, word craft a little bit, um, <laughs> embellish, you know, with my architectural knowledge, when I have to describe something to a client that we really want in the project, uh, or that we think is right for the project, it's, it's about selling them on it. Right. So it, it's a little bit of word craft. And like, you know, you could say that this looks nice, or you could say something something like, you know, this really empowers the project and becomes a centerpiece for your space that, you know, everybody will notice and it, it, yeah. it brings power to the space. So, you know, finding, em embellishing your words and uh, your descriptions, I think, and it, uh, hopefully that those people respect me and respect our decisions that we do design-wise for those, those type of descriptions that we don't come off as arrogant. But I think that it really is just they hired an architect for a reason. They want something artistic and designed. And so we have to give them the confidence in us that we know what we're talking about. So I think exactly. that that's positive confidence and not yeah. coming off as arrogant. Yeah, no, I, I love wrong. That. You can ask my clients. No, <laughs> no, I think that's very true. I do think, and for people who are not in this industry who are listening, because a lot of people aren't, I think a lot of it comes down to really selling what you do know and then being okay with not knowing something and getting the answers. Because a lot of times people ask me questions and I'm like, I'll follow up with you. I have to talk to my manufacturer. If it's something very specific or, you know, not having to do with me at all, I'm like, I'll get you the answer and just kind of knowing where to find the information is so important because we all went to, to school for something or we all kind of are experts in something or trying to be experts in something so you have a knowledge base somewhere and just kind of using that I feel like is gonna go to your benefit so that's really good and how in general have you 
been able to have people take you seriously like for me I look so young so I think the first couple of years especially uh people were like so why are you here <laughs> maybe like it's funny people look at me I look 16 but then I start talking and they're like oh you're like 26 so it kind of took me a while but like I feel like if you have confidence like it all comes back to like we're all talking about now it does help but at some points of it it is difficult <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. Uh, it definitely helped when I started growing the beard because I also look really young <laughs> for my age. So, That's funny. Um, but, uh, you know, appearance, first impressions, appearance, you know, yeah. for men, a good handshake will always make an impression. I, I can't tell you how many times I've shaken someone's hands and they'll be like, wow, that's a good handshake. And that's good feedback because then I know that they are now addressing me as somebody who is respectable, at least in, you know, from the get go. And I have clients that I just deal with myself, um, you know, that, that yeah. Paul doesn't touch and, uh, and we have good relationships with them and we get the work done for them. So I think, you know, as far as the confidence definitely helps, appearance definitely helps. Um, and then being able to, to turn things around, um, you know, it, you could say like, let me check on that for you. And then three weeks could go by and you never actually get it. Yes. But if you, you know, answer people honestly, and um, you know, give them respect. You know, I've always found that the amount of respect you're willing to give will be what you get. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I think it comes down to trust, not only in yourself, but with your boss or whoever is above you, and then also creating the trust with your clients. Like what you said, like if you say you're going to do something, follow through. Because we all know we've worked with people in the past who don't necessarily do that, and then you kind of lose respect for them. So it's kind of comes down to that creating trust between people, between clients, between coworkers. So I think that's a really good point. Do you have any other points when it comes to trust in general? You know, being willing to own up to mistakes because I've yeah. definitely made them um, and being honest about the mistake. You know, uh, most people will be really understanding about your position. I mean, as a young professional, being humble about things as well as being confident, which yeah. Is, is also another weird line to yeah, walk on because it's all about respecting the people who know more than you but also respecting yourself and knowing when something is right or wrong so it's definitely a fine line to walk and you kind of have to in a sense know your supervisor or whoever is above you really well to see how their reactions would be and also clients whoever you're working with to see how their reaction is and kind of play to that in a sense and i think when we or at least for me when i was in studio i kind of treated like my professor as my client kind of like appeasing them in a sense not necessarily everything because they gave suggestions but at the end of the day they're the ones great grading you aka maybe paying you as like a client so i thought that was an interesting way to look at it too because we all think we have great ideas but not everyone thinks that so it's just very interesting you always have great ideas but, you know. <laughs> but yeah and i just think it's funny navigating this time in our lives just with everything going on in the world and you know no job is going to be perfect for anyone but it is good to find something that you enjoy because what you do as your career kind of does define your lifestyle so I think it's a really good important thing to talk about and a lot of times I always like to say like people like a lot of people on my show went to school for say psychology and then all of a sudden they become like a spin instructor or photographer like we don't always have to follow this direct path I think a lot of people 
put their mind to going to school for something and then sticking with that, which is fabulous, but you don't always have to. I feel like this is a time of navigation and just trying to figure it all out. Yeah, absolutely. And to piggyback on that, I would also say, you know, know your limits, but don't be afraid to explore them, mm. you know, um, and, and especially the limits that can be learning experiences. So I mean, for sure. in, in the professional realm, that's like, if there's something that you really can't handle, then know where you can draw that line and maybe you know, get that help that we talked about earlier, but also use it as, as learning so that next time you're more prepared. Oh, and then sure, in just yeah. like personal life, you know, if you're not comfortable swimming in the ocean, maybe, you know, like I'm not. little steps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you never know um, until you breach that limit what's, what's going to happen. You might discover something about yourself. And, and I think that, you know, in our 20s and probably early 30s, and I guess maybe for the rest of your life, life you're always learning about yourself. Um, so like never stop looking for that. Yeah, and I think it's important because even if you are above your young professional stage, kind of that mid or later realm of things, like I think you can still take something from this because a lot of people like actually Amy and Paul, they started their businesses, you know, a little bit later in their career. You don't have to start when you're 23 or I think it's really actually admirable that they did that, that it was also never too late and that you can kind of start whatever you want to do at any point of your life, which is great. So what is one last piece of advice that you can give young professionals who are just all trying to figure it out like us? Um, <laughs> you, you know, what you know and you don't know everything piggybacking off of the other things like knowing your limits but also not being afraid to ask for help mm -hmm. i just feel and and knowing yourself and we're all learning ourselves um so i guess just sort of a culmination of everything we've talked about um kind of like in one sentence i would just say you don't know everything but be confident in what you do know and i really appreciate your time thank you so much for coming on where can people find you are you on linkedin uh yeah linkedin instagram Thank you so much for listening to my podcast episode. Make sure you go follow me at lilygrace underscore lifestyle on Instagram or visit my website at www.lilygraceyork.com. And also, if you really enjoyed that show, if you please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I would so, so appreciate it. If you hit that alert button, you can get alerts of when the show comes out every other week. And thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you taking the energy and the effort to take time out of your busy life and listen and learn and grow along with me.